You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Today's show also brought to you by OTI Fantasy Fives. Of course, OTI Fantasy Fives have been going since week one, we've been running it through each and every week. We're now into week eight and we're having another one. It has emerged from the first one all the way through now that we are going with a whole slate of Sunday games. You can pick from any players, pick five players from all of Sunday's games, and then, of course, see the points roll in after you set your lineup. And if you finish with the top points, you obviously win the top prize. You can play for cash or for free, £3 to enter. And uh, the winner then obviously takes the entire pool. It's been a lot of fun over the last few weeks. I'm getting closer and closer each and every week, of course, uh, last week. Finishing in second place, 10 points off the winning prize, so hopefully this week I'll go one better and get in with a share off the spoils, or take all the spoils rather, because there is only one prize, and that is for first place. So if you want to get involved, go to OvertimeIreland.com, of course go to the OTI Fantasy Fives link and just sign up there, it's with fanfeed.co.uk, so be sure to check that out, lots of fun each and every week, and uh, get involved this Sunday as uh, we play another round of OTI Fantasy Fives. Obviously, I said I came close to winning that. Well, me, that is myself, and that is Colin Kelly. I'm taking this show to you again each and every week. Two shows per week, and on this one, we're going to be previewing week eight. We already done our recap show at the start of the week. Today's guest is going to be Jeff Reinbold, special teams coordinator for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and of course, part of the Sky Sports NFL coverage. So we're going to be talking to him in just a little moment to get his thoughts on all things week eight, and I'm really looking forward to that in just a little bit. Just starting off the show, obviously, Thursday night football taking place last night, recording this on Friday. The New England Patriots, they continue on their march, and Tom Brady is an unbelievable farm at the moment 356 passing yards for him like Garrett Blunt 72 yards on the ground and obviously the other running back for the New England Patriots is Dion Lewis and he goes for almost 100 yards on the ground so good game all around from the the running back situation and true true the air as I mentioned there with Tom Brady uh, obviously Edelman with two touchdowns Robin Gronkowski with a touchdown and 113 yards to go with that so pretty much a dominating display by the New England Patriots winning the game 36-27 and I tweeted out at the time, and uh, some of you might have seen the tweet, but uh, in the fourth quarter of this game, I had backed the Miami Dolphins plus the eight points, and it looked well, well uh, beaten at that stage. And next thing, uh, the emergency fire alarm goes off in our apartment block, so thankfully, uh, well, unfortunately, we had to leave the building, but thankfully it saved me watching the end of this one. It really, really got out of hand. 36-27 it finished, and uh, a strong, strong win for the Patriots. They continued uh, on their march and uh, looking better even than they did last season. So it's going to be interesting to see how they continue going forward. The Miami Dolphins had two wins back-to-back since they went to Coach Campbell. But uh, back down to earth in this one and we'll see going forward how they develop as well. But the Patriots, certainly the real deal so far this season. And Tom Brady, uh, you know, he said, a few, he said a few days ago that he wants to continue playing for another 10 years at this farm. Um, you wouldn't argue too much with them. I'd say we'll see him for three or four more years, but at the moment, playing sensational stuff, playing arguably some of the best football of his career, and uh, very, very surgical in this one, and gets the New England Patriots the victory. But that was Thursday night football. There's still a lot more action to take place this week. Of course, we have one Wembley game coming up as well. Anyone heading to Wembley? Hopefully you're going to enjoy it. We've, we had one last week, we'll have another one this week. Some people probably were going to both of them, so enjoy the experience at Wembley. But um, to get through the rest of those games now, to get my thoughts, and of course we're going to have Jeff Reinbold on to get his thoughts, so let's do that right now. Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview. 
Delighted to once again be joined back in the show by Jeff Reinbold. Obviously, you'll know him from his time with Sky Sports NFL coverage, but many times he's been on the show, we've talked about the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's a special teams coordinator with them. Uh, going very well in the CFL this year, Jeff, uh, and thanks, of course, for taking the time to talk to us. I appreciate very much to have an opportunity to talk to you and all of Ireland, and uh, it's it's always fun when I get a chance to get back that way and heading, heading back at the end of November. Yeah, looking forward to getting to see you back on the, the Sky Sports screens. But, of course, I mentioned there the Hamilton Tiger Cats. You're uh, 10 and 6 at this point of the season, so you have to be kind of, I know you'll say one game at a time again, but I'm sure you're looking towards uh, the playoffs and possibly a Grey Cup. Yeah, we've got a huge series uh, to finish. We've got two games left. We play 18 games in this league, and we finish with Ottawa, who's tied with us, actually, for first place in the Eastern Division right now. We play them back-to-back, which is kind of a unique thing in our schedule. Uh, we play them on Sunday at home at 1 o'clock, and if we win that game and a couple other things fall our way, we'll win the Eastern Division, which gets you a bye through the playoffs. If we don't, then we have to <clears throat> go go to Ottawa uh, the following Saturday and and you know play them again so it's going to be a big big test this weekend for us and and uh you know our football team has done an amazing job this year through a lot of injuries we've lost our starting quarterback about about five weeks ago and uh, we got a rookie playing and it's you know we just find a way and that's what good good football teams do they find a way yeah and speaking of teams finding a way the the new england patriots i talked about it just before i started talking with you but they found a way last night and they found a way to absolutely dominate the uh, miami dolphins you have to be impressed with uh, the way things are going, how Bill Belichick's handling things, and of course how Tom Brady's playing at uh, this, age of, this stage of his career, looking as good as ever. You know what? It's amazing to me is in a league that's built for parity. You know, everything in the National Football League is structured: the draft, the way your schedule works. Everything is is put together so that every team has an opportunity. The salary cap, all of it. <clears throat> but yet, the Patriots you know, have found a way in their organization to just continually win. They are a machine. You watch them play calm, and the thing that strikes me the most is just the efficiency that they play the game. Offensively, you know, there's there's really nothing you can do against them. If you, you know, you play them and you blitz them, Brady is so good at knowing where to go with the ball and get it out of his hands. If you lay back and you're going to play coverage against them, you know they'll, they'll run. They'll show you that they'll run the ball. Now that's not their thing. But if you you know if you're going to rush three and play soft up front, they're going to rush the football. And and again in the zones, Edelman, <clears throat> excuse me, Edelman and Amendola, those guys are masters at finding you know uh, spots in zone coverage. They really understand how to you know adjust their routes based on the coverage that they see. It just a, it's a phenomenal thing. And then defensively, it's just a collection of guys that while none of them may be quote superstars they play so well together they understand the scheme they understand what they are asked to do and and everybody you know just does their job to sound you know it sounds it sounds cliche and <clears throat> the the uh super bowl feature uh that i saw after last year's uh, super bowl win over over seattle was entitled do your job which yeah. is one of belichick's mantras and uh, that's exactly what they do yeah, and when you look at the team, it's always amazing how Belichick finds these players, both defensively and offensively. You know, Edelman, a lot of teams around the league probably wouldn't have took the chance on him. He's developed into a fantastic wide receiver. And then, you know, the Dick and Lewis this year, you know, free agent off the street. 
uh, playing some phenomenal stuff and uh, again looking very good with a receiving touchdown last night and last week they didn't have Lewis they had Blunt but instead of uh, rushing the ball at all so you can pick your poison with the Patriots you try and stop the run they're going to pass you to death try and stop the pass <laughs> they're going to run you to death so it's always an interesting game uh, with Bill Belichick definitely leading the way as uh, as regards to tactics in the NFL uh, I don't think there's anyone better than him at the moment and maybe uh, maybe ever but uh, a phenomenal win for them they continue on on their run but uh, in London this week Jeff there's another match coming up and of course it's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins obviously for the NFL UK audience we want to sell this game but uh, not quite the game uh, it looked like when tickets went in sale and it's going to be uh, an interesting one to watch but both teams with little to nothing to play for for the rest of the season but the Chiefs have a little glimmer of hope of maybe a wild card spot in the uh, AFC so I think they have a little bit more to play for but I don't know if that means that they'll get the win in this one how do you see it going in London this weekend well I think you know I, I would give uh, even though the Chiefs have lost Jamal Charles their number one offensive weapon I still give them a little bit of, <clears throat> excuse me a little bit of a nod in this game uh, you know the the Lions have been one of the more disappointing teams in the NFL this season. You know, they had a Caldwell came in and really fixed a lot of things that were wrong with the Lions when he came in, the lack of discipline, the too many penalties. You know, they were a team that kind of self-destructed uh, under Jim Schwartz. And, uh, you know, that, that looked like it was under control. You know, uh, Matthew Stafford, who has tremendous talent, you know, he, he had thrown way too many interceptions and, and he, you know, was trending towards playing better in that regard guard but it's really imploded on them this year they they came out you know they came out uh behind early in you know in, in some games and you know Stafford started to press they couldn't protect him um and, and it's been a disappointing year in in Detroit which culminated in them firing you know three offensive coaches yeah. during the middle of the season which is almost unheard of in the National Football League so uh, I think there's some serious problems in Detroit. Uh, you know, Martin Mayhew had said, the general manager said they're going to be buyers, not sellers, at the trade deadline, which is next week. So, for Lions fans, you know, they're just looking for any glimmer of hope that they can, you know, get some wins towards the end of the season and, and you know, show some improvement because this has been a hugely disappointing season for the last. Yeah, you mentioned them changing uh, offensive coordinator and so on. You know, you see sometimes after the going into the bye week those changes happening, but they happened on a non-bye week uh, going to London, so kind of a shorter week interrupted with the change in the coaching staff. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that happens uh, in Detroit this week when they take to the field. Detroit have really struggled running the ball this year, lowest in the NFL, 68 rushing yards per game. When you look at, you know, they have Joyke Bell, who's been pretty banged up all the season. Then uh, they had Riddick, who's on injury reserve now, injured, and uh, Abdullah, the rookie, has struggled with the fumbling issues. So it's been a it's been a tough year for Detroit overall, and uh, it's really hard to call a winner in this one. I'm going to go for the Chiefs just because they have uh, a little bit more, I think, to play for in this one with the the outside chance. You know, if they win this game, they could be a game and a half back from that wild card spot. So Chiefs with uh, some some glimmer of hope, but. Uh, it's not going to be pretty watching, I don't think. The next game up, Atlanta Falcons, they are playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers last week played the Redskins, were 24 points to zip up at one point and blew that lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, then, on the other hand, the Falcons last week against the Titans had many chances to put that game away against Zach Mettenberger and the Titans. Uh, they, they really had a, a bit of a struggle to win. They won 10-7, but both these teams uh, last week not looking all that impressive, but the Falcons get the win, the Buccaneers don't. This game in uh, in Atlanta, I think the Buccaneers uh, are in for a tough week this week. I think it's a bounce back game here for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, do you think so? I agree, and you know we we say in this business, find a way. You know, yeah. find a way to win. And and good teams, and I'm not ready to anoint 
Atlanta as one of the good teams in the league. They've got good record, yeah. but they've found a way to win. And the Bucks, on the other hand, have found a way to lose. As you mentioned, they, they you know, Washington, who's not a powerhouse in any way, shape, or form, you're ahead of them by that many points and then, and then come back and lose it in the fourth quarter. That's what losing teams do. Coach Vermeer used to say all the time, he said, we got to keep losing teams losing. And that's what Atlanta has to do when they play Tampa. Keep the pressure on and let them, uh, you know, kind of let them find a way to, to uh, lose the football game. And, and uh, I think Dan Quinn's done a great job. Yeah. Right? You, you know, you go in there and that was a team that was, you know, not very physical. They didn't, you know, didn't run the ball very well. Their defense, they had, you know, two or three years of playing really poor defense in, in Atlanta. And without a tremendous amount of personnel changes, Dan Quinn has got that team playing very hard and, and very physical and very fast. Yeah, they're playing well both on both sides of the ball. But just last week, uh, you know, you talk about winning ugly. That was probably as ugly as you can win, but they, they got the win, and that's all that matters at the end of the day for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think. Let, uh, me, let me tell you something, buddy. In the end, they don't ask you how. Yeah. They just ask you how many. Yeah. And that's what we say that all the time in the, in the coaching business that, that, uh, that there is never an ugly win. There, now, there's some that are, there's some that are, you know, not very pretty when they're when they're when you're getting them. But as soon as you get one, it is a thing of beauty. I guarantee you, because yeah. they're hard to come by. Uh, Matt Ryan hasn't been at his uh, best you know, this season compared to what he has been in recent years, but they've had a run game, which has been the big difference the last couple of years. They've had to rely solely on Matt Ryan. This year so far, Devontae Freeman having an excellent season. He has 931 yards from scrimmage through seven games, which is very, very impressive. Julio Jones looks to be healing up from that early season injury that he had as well. So I think we're going to see a big, big game here from the Falcons, and I think they'll try and get some pressure to... Uh, to Jameis Winston early and often in this one and you know with Vincent Jackson banged up he looks like he's going to miss this game pretty banged up receiving core after last week's game for the Buccaneers so going for a Falcons win here a team uh, who just got away with it last week they should have sealed the game you know talking about coaching uh, I'm sure you watched uh, Monday Night Football with the Cardinals were you surprised at the way Bruce Arians Carson Palmer handled, handled that game at the end and you know almost almost cost themselves a win there well, I, I think that that's one of those things that they'll they'll look back and and as they do their post game analysis, you know, they'll they'll look at that and say, okay, was it could we have handled it better? And uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, not being not defending coaches and not it is extremely difficult to win football games in, at the highest level when you get to pro football, and uh, everything that you do is is magnified, and so. One of the things that, that you do in coaching is after each game, win or lose, you go back and you evaluate your time, you know, how you handled clock management, how you handled substitutions, how you handled what we call situational football, uh, four minutes, three minutes, you know, two minute off, and all of those things you go through and could we, what could we do better? And I think there are some things, frankly, that, that they will look at and say, we've got to do a better job in this area because, you know, you, <clears throat> when you get a team down, you just want to, you know, Put, the, put your boot on their neck and choke them out. That's what that's what great football teams do, and that's part of the growing process that Arizona is going through right now. As you know, that team gets better and better. I think that's one of the better football teams right now in the National Football League, as long as Carson Palmer stays healthy. Yeah, we've seen a similar situation week one with the Giants. Uh, you know, down at the goal line, the chance to run the clock out didn't do so. And uh, they got punished because the, the Cowboys got a touchdown. And just the Cardinals last week in a similar situation come away with an interception, gets them the win, and you know it's all forgotten about it. So the coach gets away with it. But in this one, they're away to the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. 
the Browns losing last week to the Rams. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. I think the Cardinals' defense is starting to really pick up offensively. They're looking really, really st- strong. Carson Palmer having a, a nice season. Fitzgerald playing well. You know, and uh, CJ2K is almost back on track here again with Chris Johnson. So it's going to be an interesting game again. There's a lot of games this week I think could go either way, but I think... Uh, this game goes to the Cardinals you mentioned you know they're one of the most rounded teams in the NFL and they are putting up a lot of points each and every week up around the 30 point mark on average so I think I'm going to have to go here with the Cardinals Uh, are you going to take a shot with the Browns? No 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 (laughs) you know what the Browns you know again uh, I think Mike Patton does a great job of coaching Uh, it's just that they're right now particularly at a couple positions just quite not quite good enough and uh you know, you see things when you watch them play. You see things, uh, you know, where you say, "Man, they do some good stuff." Particularly on defense, they do some good stuff. But um, you know, it's the players that they have making those plays. It, you just don't have enough good players right now in Cleveland, and it's going to take another, probably another draft class and and free agency, maybe one one or two cycles of that before they're up there with you know some of the better teams in, in that division. Yeah, the the next game up, the uh, St. Louis Rams at home to the, the 49ers. Kaepernick has really been struggling again the last couple of weeks. Really uh, did not look good last week on Thursday Night Football. But Thursday Night Football gives a few extra days rest to the 49ers. They they face the, the Rams in St. Louis. You have to be nothing but impressed by Todd Gurley. I've been kind of gushing over him on the last few podcasts. Looks uh, phenomenal so far in his rookie season. I think, again, the, the recipe here for the Rams is to lean on him take the ball out of Foles' hands, give them some deep shots down the field off play action, and then let the defense do their job. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Kaepernick in this game, and I think it probably leads to uh, a Rams uh, kind of comprehensive victory, I think, in this one. Well, I, I agree with you. I, there are a couple of things that you mentioned right there, Colm, that are really true, and I think the biggest thing is Jeff Fisher now has what he wants yeah. and has always wanted. It's, it's his formula for winning football. It was just what he did in Tennessee taking a team to the Super Bowl. He had a great back who he could turn around and hand the ball to 20, 25 times a game. A quarterback you know, who was good enough, but not, not a guy that you wanted to win the game for you. He wanted to, he wants to win the game on defense with a great front four that, that could get after the passer, get after the passer. Their front four is, you know, if you get a chance to watch Aaron Donald play, he is a phenomenal yeah, big, yeah. big guy. And they've got great players on the defensive line. And so at, when you look at them, you say, this is a Jeff Fisher team. Physical, win the game on defense. They're, they're exactly what he wants. And Todd Gurley, you know, is one of the young guys in the league that really went into a system that is exactly what fits his, his talents you know, tremendously well. You know, you look at some of the other young backs right now in the league, rookies in the league that are struggling a little bit, and they're, they're learning the NFL game, and they're playing in, in systems that they're not, you know, they didn't play in in college. If you're an eye back, if you're a tailback in college, and then you come to San Diego, for example, where you're you're always there in the shotgun and you're always next to the quarterback on the side, all your entry points are different. Gurley has the advantage of being in the same type of system he ran at Georgia and it, it downhill, tail, uh, you know, eye formation football, and that's that's one of the reasons why he's having such a great year. Yeah, the 49ers really struggling on defense this year. Gurley's averaging 6.4 yards per carry. The 49ers 20th ranked run defense and uh, their second last in pass defense. So I think it's going to be a tough week for them. And uh, you mentioned Jeff Fisher. 
hopefully this is the year he gets the team above eight and eight for Rams fans. But when you look at what they've done in the division already, they've beaten the Seahawks at home week one, and then they've beaten the Cardinals as well on the road. So a chance here to pick up another end division win. Uh, so maybe if they win this, people will start to, to think of the Rams as a serious contender in that division. Uh, it's amazing how the 49ers have fallen all the way to the bottom of that from just a couple of years ago when they were in the Super Bowl. But the next game up is in, uh, in New Orleans. The, the New Orleans Saints have won back-to-back games, made short work of the Colts last week, and the New York Giants bet the Dallas Cowboys, although they were thoroughly dominated possession-wise and really throughout the stats, but uh, from turnovers, special teams plays, I'm sure you were happy to see that Harris uh, return was quite the play as well. So um, a lot of stuff going on in both these camps is going to be interesting to see because the Saints, it's hard to know if they're the real deal or what's happening with them, and then the Giants uh, from week to week, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, how do you see this one going? Well, you know, it's, it's exactly as you say. I, I'm not sold yet on the ones. I'm not sure they're all back. I think that as Breeze's shoulder gets stronger and stronger, that's certainly you know, going to help him offensively. Defensively, Rob's got so many young guys playing over there on defense that um, you know they, they struggled mightily early in the, earlier in the year. Now, it looks like they're trending in the right way on, defensively right now, but I'm not. I'm not ready to again anoint them as back all the way. The Giants, I think they're going to get a boost from having you know Jason Pierre-Paul in the lineup uh, emotionally and in the pass rush. Uh, they've got some guys that are nicked up too, and you know it's interesting because uh, you know uh, Eli Manning's going home to New Orleans where he grew up and played his high school football. That's always a you know a huge thing for a player. Uh, I, I just. But the Giants, to me, just there are too many things that they don't do well enough. And to think you're going to rely on a, on two special teams plays at the end of the game, the 100-yard kickoff return, and then Beasley dropping the punt for Dallas to win the football game, yeah. that doesn't happen very often. So I'm going to give, because New Orleans is the home team, I'm going to give New Orleans an edge in this one. Yeah, a couple of years back, too, you know, in New Orleans at home was an automatic win almost for them. Uh, they had a bad run last year, a bit of a bad run at the start of the season. But they're starting to look... A bit better. Uh, you mentioned obviously Drew Brees' shoulder. He's coming back from that, and then Mark Ingram's looking very, very good for them. The issue with the that I would have with the uh, the Giants is just they look so banged up at the receiver positions. Odell Beckham's hamstring still bothering them. Looks like that's going to continue throughout the season. Same with uh, Ruben Randall as well as having his injury issues. So when you take the two of them out, if they miss any time in this game, it's going to be a tough time for them putting up points. So going to have to go with the New Orleans Saints win at home. Next up is uh, the Minnesota Vikings. They're playing the Chicago Bears. The Bears have uh, started the season very bad, but they have looked better in recent weeks. And I think Jay Cutler's starting to get you know a bit more used to the Adam Gase, uh, you know, the, the offense that he's running. So it's going to be a, a close game, I think, here. Uh, but I think the Vikings, just with the, the depth of their roster, are going to get over the line. I think it's going to be. Uh, it's not going to be the most entertaining, but I think the Vikings just get over the line in this one. You know, I, I agree with you, Colm. I think the Vikings are going to win this. I have a very close friend on the Bears staff, and, and he told me early on in the year that, that uh, you know, they're a long way from being what Foxy wants them to be, but they're trending in the right direction. They're heading in the right direction. You know, they, they, they getting moving Jared Allen was a big thing for them because it was just a piece that didn't fit. So now, you know, they, they've got a young guy in there who they think they can grow with. And in terms of Gaze and Cutler, what they've recognized with Cutler is there are certain things that, that Jay does very well, and there are other things that he doesn't do well. And what they've tried to do offensively is tailor the offense to the things that he does do well and give him a chance, um, because he is talented, they give him a chance to to play to his strengths as opposed to trying to 
fit him into a system. And that's that's good coaching. You know, you, you, you recognize now, again, when, when Adam Gaze was at, at, uh, at Denver, he had really different kinds of quarterbacks. Now, again, he won with Tim Tebow, and he won with Peyton Manning. So, you know, again, that, that, that to me is good coaching, and I think he's doing doing a good job of trying to fit his system uh, to what Jay Cutler does as opposed to fit Jay Cutler into his system. Yeah, obviously uh, the Bears at home in Soldier Field have had a, they've one of the worst home field advantages, I would think, in the league at the moment, the way things have been going for them at home recently. The Vikings going on the road uh, won last week in, uh, against the Detroit Lions. So I think uh, it's going to be an interesting one here. <laughs> Stefan Diggs is playing extremely well at the moment for the Vikings, but I'm going to have to give the edge to the Vikings on the road. I think just getting over the line, they're in the hunt for that wild card spot, and I think they get the, the win here. Uh, two teams that are probably not in the hunt for any wild card spots. The Baltimore Ravens certainly aren't. They lost in that close uh, finale in uh, against Arizona Cardinals uh, last Monday night, and then you know the, the Oakland Raiders done a job on the the Chargers. So the Chargers heading into Baltimore. What have Baltimore left to play for in a situation like that when the team is really down, Jeff? Uh, how do you go about motivating the team? Is it tough to get players motivated when it looks like the season's already done and dusted, or how how does that go about in the locker room? Well, you know, the, you, first of all, you, you you talk to the players about the fact that, hey, we all signed, every one of us, you, me, all of us, signed contracts to play 16 games, all right? We didn't we didn't sign our contract. And nowhere in our contract does it say we're going to play hard as long as we're in, you know, the playoff hunt or in the, in the Super Bowl hunt. You signed a contract to play hard for 16 games, and then that's our job. That's what we get paid to do. Additionally, you know, as, as the season winds down for some of these teams, that are not going to go to the playoffs. Guys start playing for jobs for next year because, you know, when they're when you don't win in pro football, there are going to be changes. There'll be changes in personnel. There'll be changes in coaching. There'll be changes in the front office. But one thing that's that you can count on is that there will be change. Now, if you want to stick around, then you have to play. And the 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 good guys, the good the what we call winners, the guys, the players that are you know that you can count on. They're going to play regardless of the score, regardless of the standings, regardless of the record. And and those are the guys that, you know, you you start to build back with. So if Harbaugh's around and he continues to be the head coach in, in Baltimore, which I think he will be, he's looking real close right now at who are the guys that are going to give up the rope. You know, who are the guys that are going to let go and, and just go through the motions. Those guys won't be in Baltimore next year. Yeah, and just a stat here in regards to the San Diego Chargers. Obviously, they've been behind the last couple of weeks, but Mike McCoy has uh, dialed up 127 pass plays to 42 run plays. So you know that's not that's not the balance you're looking for. That's throwing the ball on 72 percent or 75 percent of downs. Have you ever been involved in a team that's been that pass heavy? <laughs> yeah, I certainly have. You know, when I <laughs> when I worked for June Jones and and uh, you know we were in the run and shoot. They, that was at least 70% run, excuse me, pass. So it, it is. It, now, the thing that that does, uh, it gives you an opportunity to, you know, score quickly and to, you know, come back from, from deficits. But additionally, it puts more pressure on your defense. And so John Pagano and that defense, you know, they're, they're going to be on the field more because of the nature of what they do offensively. And, you know, that's just, you got to recognize that. you got to say, okay, how do we build our defense to, to fit our offense? Well, you're, you become, most teams that, you know, go through this become pressure teams. They, they're they going to blitz more because 
they want to get that that three and out and, and get the ball back to the offense. The whole, you know, the whole thing fits hand and glove. And I think, you know, the, the interesting thing with this game to me is the fact that you're looking at a pass happy team against a really struggling secondary. So yeah, you know, yeah. this might be a game that, that Philip Rivers just lights it up. Yeah, if there's a game that that their kind of concept of going heavy on the pass is going to work, it's probably against this Baltimore Ravens team. So I want to give the edge there to the Chargers. The next game up, it looks like Big Ben's back in the lineup for the Steelers this week against the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals coming off their bye week, they are undefeated, looking very strong. For to have any chance of competing in this division for a division title, uh, I think the Steelers are going to have to win this one at home. But the, the Bengals firing all cylinders. Andy Dalton has been playing out of his skin the last couple of weeks. And uh, it's at home, though, and uh, they're getting Big Ben back. Le'Veon Bell's in the lineup. You know, Antonio Brown, I'm sure, will get back on track once they get Big Ben back as well. So uh, it's at home. It's against the Bengals, who are undefeated. But I'm going to get, think that the, the Bengals are going to pick up their first loss of the season this week and uh, going to give the win here to the, the Steelers. Can you see the Steelers knocking off uh, the undefeated Bengals this week? Yeah, I, I think they can. Again, you're, you're talking about the Bengals have to go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a tough place to play, particularly this time this time of year. It'll be a hugely emotional day because Big Ben's back. That'll give them a lift. Uh, but they've lost some other guys. You know, Kelvin Beachman, their starting left tackle, who played for us in college. You know, he, he's torn up his knee and and he's not going to play. Um, and you know, they're they're in a transition state right now defensively. Although the defense has really come on from where they were in preseason. But I, you know, again. To me, what the Cincinnati Bengals have right now is real good balance. And, you know, you look at the job that Hugh Jackson has done, you know, with Andy Dalton, I think that's a phenomenal coaching job and probably going to be a, a situation where that's going to give Hugh another opportunity to be a head coach in the National Football League because of the way he's handled Dalton and, and if he can continue to you know, progress and, and get, you know, get one of those elusive playoff wins. Yeah. You know, I think which this you know this year he should. You know, they've got good running backs. They play great on defense. Uh, they've got weapons outside. Tyler Eifert has really come into his own as one of the top tight ends in the National Football League. So, this this to me is is a, a year where I would say Cincinnati has a chance to get into the playoffs and get deep in the playoffs. Yeah, this is a game I think as well could be a real shootout, so I'm looking forward to seeing this game this coming Sunday. Next game up, there's probably not a lot to talk about. It's the Titans and the Texans. The Texans obviously lose Arian Foster last week, and they got uh, a bit of a blowout loss as well to the Dolphins, so I think that's going to take a real toll on them. J.J. Watt is struggling at the moment with the back injury this week, so I'm sure he'll line up, but uh, his effectiveness might be a little bit more human than it normally is when he's wrecking offensive schemes. But it just, you know, he can't do everything himself, and uh, the Titans are looking to get Marcus Mariota back so I just think the the Texans have been a little bit of a train wreck uh, you know this season and the Titans haven't been a lot better but I think they'll pick up a win in this one uh, any thoughts on it it's probably not the best game to talk about well you know what the te- like you say you, you use the term train wreck for the Texans and I think that's that's putting it mildly you know you, you've got a situation where you know you take a guy Jadavian Clowney and a number one player in the draft and they've really got no production from him and you know it's it's really interesting to me that that hasn't been the topic of more conversation because you talk about draft bus, yeah. you know, and he was a reach. There were a lot of things about him that you know, you know people wondered about his health, his work habits, all those things, and uh, that's you know so far they have not gotten any production from him. Um, the situation at quarterback has been a mess. They bring in Brian, you know, they bring in Mallet, and Ryan Mallet, uh, you know, he. he 
loses his job in training camp and and you know misses a meeting and then uh, gets to you know gets a job back and misses a flight to Miami and they end up having to yeah. cut the guy, you know. So when you're having those kinds of issues, it's usually there's deeper problems inside the organization and and uh, you know. So again, Tennessee on the other hand has learned how to play defense. You know that Dick LeBeau has really been a a blessing to them They're on the defensive side, and when Mariota is healthy, you see you see why so many people thought he was the best quarterback in the draft. Now I don't know the status of his knee, yeah. but if his knee is healthy and he's able to go again, I, I like the I like the Tigers in this one. Uh, four games left to run through before we wrap up, and I know the next one's one that you're going to like uh, to talk about, Jeff. It's the Oakland Raiders. They are playing the New York Jets in Oakland. The Raiders have been a bit of a revelation this season so far. Amari Cooper looking absolutely terrific. Uh, I talked on the recap podcast at the start of the week uh, about how good the Vikings draft class has been over the past two seasons. But, uh, you know, the Oakland Raiders is definitely up there with it. You know, they have Mack coming in, Amari Cooper, Derek Carr. So they're looking very productive over the last two drafts. And Charles Woodson in the secondary coaching up the young guys. Certainly looking good last week against the, the Chargers. They go against the Jets, who... You know, had a competitive game last week against the the New England Patriots. Have a better record than you know a lot of people expected at this se- stage of the season. But I think uh, in this one, I think the Raiders at home in the black hole, the crowd are going to be really up for this. And I think, as you would put it, the Raiders will get a win in this one. The Raiders. Well, I'm going to tell you what. This is hard for me to do because I'm a silver and black guy since I was <laughs> watching Freddie Freddie Bolitnikoff play as a kid. But um, you know, I just think that the that the Jets will really test, you know, that Oakland offense. Nobody in the National Football League blitzes more than the Jets yeah. do. And Derek Carr's going to have to show that he can hold up to that blitz, that offensive line. And, and you know, it's, when you blitz when you blitz a team, it's just not the quarterback you put under pressure. It's everybody. All the receivers' routes now, they have to adjust their routes. Who's the hot guy? That You know, all of the protections have to be locked and dialed in. Uh, so I think the Raiders are showing huge improvement you know, under Jack Del Rio. And like you say, they've got some really fine, young, talented players. But the Jets, to me, are, you know, they've got that great defense. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, has been, uh, you know, good for them at quarterback because he's got, the, you know, Marshall and Decker, they've got some weapons, and they can run the ball a little bit. And if Mangold is healthy, uh, you know, I think that they'll go out to, the, as we say, the left coast and, and – uh, beat the Raiders it's tough for me to say that but you know especially in the black hole but I, I like the Jets in this one yeah always a tough journey going from uh, one coast to the other the the New York Jets have uh, in history have struggled in that situation we'll see how they do this week it's going to be I, I'm look, I like uh, the look of this game looking forward to watching it and I think the real key is going to come down to Darrell Revis and Amari Cooper if uh, Revis takes away Cooper I think it's going to be a long day for the Raiders and Cooper so far, though, there's not been too many people able to bottle him up, but I think uh, Darrell giving him a good matchup this week. It's going to be fascinating to watch the, the young rookie going up against the Wiley veteran. Really looking forward to seeing that match this week. And uh, Next game up is uh, the Dallas Cowboys, obviously still without Tony Romo. There's still a few whispers going around that Des, Des Bryant could come back this week, but I would just be worried for the Cowboys if they take him back too soon and you know that bone breaks again You know, and, uh, if it's not 100% healed. But uh, they've had their issues over the last few weeks. They've changed from Whedon at quarterback. Uh, Matt Castle has started for them last week, and it didn't really help them against the, the Giants. We mentioned that game earlier. He threw three interceptions, one of them for a pick six. Uh, the Seahawks, on the other hand, got a win last week, an easy win against a bad, bad 49ers team. How do you see this one going? Uh, do you think we can see the, the Seahawks' defense get back on track in this one? 
Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I've seen, you know, flashes of that Seahawk defense being what we all anticipated it would be. What's what's interesting for me with Seattle is Seattle's having a hard time closing out games, and that has been something that they've always done extremely well. Now, again, you can't take the the brain drain, if you will that Seattle has had where you've lost coordinator after coordinator. First Gus leaves, then Quinn leaves, then Kenny, Kenny Norton Jr. leaves. Then you, know, you, lo- you lose enough good coaches, it's going to come home to roost at some point. And I think that's happened a little bit here in Seattle. You know, you've got so many new guys there that are learning you know, the Seahawk way and all, all of the things that are entailed in that. Um, I think they've done a good job. Pete's done a good job of holding this team together. And this is a big big game for them. They can go into Dallas, you know, and, and play in Jerry World and, and you know if they can go in there and pound that football and, you know, play that defense that, that you know, is we've come to know and love in Seattle where they're up the field. Michael Bennett and those guys up front just get after the quarterback like crazy. It'll be tough for Dallas. I really think Seattle will win this game. Yeah, I have to agree with you too. They haven't been as good on their own uh, over the last few years, obviously, as they are at home, but I think they're still going to get a win here in Dallas against the Cowboys. Uh, on the road now, we're on to Sunday Night Football. We've got the Green Bay Packers travelling to Mile High Stadium to take on the Denver Broncos. Both teams coming off a bye last week and an unusual schedule in Cork that both teams are undefeated going into the bye and they're going to face each other here. Uh, out of the two teams, who do you see being the uh, last undefeated team standing out of the two 6 0 teams yeah. at the moment? I would say the Packers because to me the Packers have the better total football team, right? Offensively, you know, Denver has struggled, yeah. and uh, it's, you know, there's no secret about that. Everybody knows Peyton's you know not not throwing the ball very well right now, and they've struggled offensively. Both teams have played good defense. Denver has played maybe more opportunistic defense, more more interceptions, more you know fumbles, turnovers. But again, when you look at the Packers. You gotta go to when you look at two close teams, Colin, and I really believe this in the National Football League. When you look at two closely matched teams, the first place you look is the quarterback position and who can make plays for their team at quarterback. And this is where I think Aaron Rodgers right now and he and Brady are two best quarterbacks in the league, and that's why I give the Packers a little bit of an edge. Yeah, I think they're going to too. Obviously, there's been rumors going around about Eddie Lacy's weight again. I think it's more down to the ankle injury he had before the bye, and you know Randall Cobb was injured. He's going to get a little bit healthier. So we'll see how the Packers go on offense. They haven't been as high-powered as they had been at the start of the season, and um, the, the Denver Broncos' defense has been absolutely sensational. So it's going to be a good matchup between Aaron Rodgers and the the. Denver defense, who I think in the first six games of the season were the best defense in the league and certainly helped them win uh, those six games and stay undefeated. So it's going to be a good game on Sunday night football. Last game, and it's the Carolina Panthers. They are at home. Monday night football back to back, or no, there was Sunday night football last week, sorry, but back to back primetime games for them. They're uh, playing the Colts here. The Colts have been struggling as we all know. Andrew Luck's been struggling as we all know. Cam Newton. Although he's not playing lights out uh, from a quarterback and throwing perspective, he's getting the game done uh, each and every week, and they're undefeated as well. So uh, do you think the Panthers continue here? Do you think the Colts fall into more trouble? Well, I think, first of all, you got to understand, uh, if, if I don't pick the Panthers, I'm in serious yeah, trouble. Yeah, I thought that. <laughs> my son is the biggest Carolina Panther fan in the world. And, uh, I, you know, you look at that football team, and they're undefeated, and you say, how are they doing it? You know, because they they really don't have weapons outside. They're, you know, the number one receiver goes down early in the season. Uh, 
Olsen, the tight end, has become their biggest receiving threat. Funches, the guy they drafted, is just learning how to do it right now. He's he's a you know work in progress. Cam, I think, has, is maybe a little underrated when it comes you know to production. And, yeah. and he's not the, he's not this classic drop back guy. He's a big athlete who can throw it and he can make plays with his feet. And he fits what they do. And Jonathan Stewart, as long as they can run the ball, this team will be in every f- single game they play because they play such great defense. Davis and Keekley on you know, those two linebackers, maybe as good a two linebackers as there are in the league. They're big and strong up front. They can get after the passer. Um, you know, I, I I like this football team. I really think that, that Ron Rivera has, you know, kind of molded that team in the kind of image that he wants it to be, physical, tough, Run the ball, play great defense. They hit you. They've got a you know they got a young corner that's really really special. So I, I don't you know other than the fact that you know they're kind of got pedestrian guys. You know Ted Ginn has never really he's a guy that can run, but he's never been shown that he's a number one receiver. Uh, I, I like that team other than their their receiving core, and I think that you know right now Indianapolis has so much drama going on. What's going on with you know, Gregson, what's going on with Pagano, what's going on with the owner, what's going on with the quarterback. You know, it's just too much stuff floating around for them to come into this thing and be really totally focused. I I think Carolina wins at home. Yeah, and the Panthers as well. They're starting to remind me a little bit of the Seahawks maybe two years ago when defense was doing it. They were getting the run game going and didn't have a lot on the outside. But they're getting the job done each and every week. And uh, being a Packers fan, I love watching Aaron Rodgers each and every game that he plays. But I mentioned it on Monday's podcast as well that Cam Newton at the moment uh, definitely one of the, if not uh, in that second, third range of quarterbacks I enjoy watching. Just he's given this team an attitude. They won the game uh, on Sunday Night Football, and he was there geeing up the crowd. He's kind of growing into that leadership role for the Panthers from when he came into the league. And uh, I think the team now having a bit of a, they have a bit of an identity with him, with uh, Luke Kuechly, with. You mentioned Thomas Davis and Norman as well at cornerback, so it's going to be a good game, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to watching it. Norman has only been thrown out, I think, twice over the last four games, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, Luck targets him this week, I think, uh, for, for the Colts' sake, that he probably should stay away from him yet again. But it's uh, It's been a lot of fun, Jeff, talking with you, as always. I love getting you on the show, talking football with you, and uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. But I know you have a busy few weeks coming up with the, uh, the Tiger Cats, obviously, hopefully going into the playoffs hopefully get a few back-to-back wins here get that their advantage going into the playoffs and hopefully one better than last year and you come uh, back to sky sports with that great cup ring i would love to do that i would love to you know uh, bring that great cup back sit it right on the desk in front of kevin and and uh, <laughs> we'll sit and we'll sit and tell stories but you know call always welcome uh, and i really appreciate the opportunity to come on your show you do get you guys do a great job and uh, it's 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 so much fun to be a part of the growth of the game over there, and and uh, you know, and Ireland's one of my favorite places in the world, and you know, there's such a passionate fan base there that's growing all the time, and and you guys do a great job of keeping that fire burning. So thank you. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. So once again, thanks to Jeff for coming on the show. As always, you can follow him on Twitter. It's at Jeff Rainbow. Lots of fun talking to him, getting his thoughts. And of course, the Hamilton Tiger Cats going very, very well this season. So we'll see if they can get all the way to the Grey Cup and uh, get a ring at that. But um, obviously, 
talk through all the games there. Um, really looking forward to this week's slate of games. The Packers, obviously, against the Denver Broncos, going to be a massive game this upcoming Sunday on Sunday Night Football. I'll be really looking forward to that one. And uh, hopefully the Packers get another W, go undefeated, and break, obviously, uh, the Broncos' undefeated run at the moment. Both teams going well uh, defensively. Both teams going very, very strongly and uh, offensively. The Packers have a little bit of a down few weeks there, but uh, hopefully they'll pick it up here and we'll be seeing Peyton Manning coming off that bye if uh, they can pick things up on offense. So it should be a fascinating game. Looking through the, the fixtures this week, it's quite a difficult week to, to pick winners on both sides and uh, you know locks of the week and so on. If you're in a survivor pool, it's hard to pick out who you're going to have. But if you have the maybe St. Louis Rams this week against the 49ers, maybe that's a game at home that they can go on and win. If they really want to be a contender this year, that's a game that they must be winning to get above that 8-8 eight eight mark. So we'll see how that game goes. But it's a really interesting week tough week to, to pick the winners and uh, still it's going to be a fascinating one all the same so i mentioned at the start of the show oti fantasy fives be sure and check that out uh, you can go to overtimeireland.com go to the oti fantasy fives link sign up there get involved in association with fanfeud.co.uk and uh, the more the merrier and obviously the more people in the bigger the cash prize at the end of it is so Looking forward to, to playing some of you this week again. Anyone playing fantasy football, good luck this week. Oh, Overtime Ireland going quite well in all our leagues at the moment, so hopefully we'll win a few championships in that. But really and truly, with all that said and done, with Jeff finished up on the show, it's been a lot of fun this one. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed listening. And of course, keep spreading the word. Follow us on Twitter, it's at Overtime Ireland, and interact with us on Sunday during the games. And uh, of course... Give us a comment written on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you're listening to us on this here episode. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening. And until the next time, when I'm back with that recap show, starting next week, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production. 